Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to CPAC, the Dan Bongino Show. We How got about producer that? John. Thank you, everybody. Show did very well yesterday. Listen, I got a loaded show. I know I say that often, but today is stacked up. You know my uh, running, operating thesis for the last month has been what, Joe? These people in the swamp all know each other, and they all have something to hide. I promise you. I haven't told Joe. Paula knows a little bit. But I've got a story for you today. Remember, I always say remember the names. Another name resurfaced yesterday in this whole Spygate debacle, which is going to nuke your bagels again. I'm going to cover that. Don't miss it. I got that. I've got some more Bernie stuff, election stuff, Corona stuff. Don't go anywhere. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Your internet activity is your business. Privacy matters, folks. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Again, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? If I don't ask you that, the audience will lose their minds. Well, you know how I am because it's Friday. That's a live It's Friday. We haven't, I haven't actually watched you do that. I know a couple people told me I met Joe yesterday. He's right. He does look like Elvis. I told you. Not the gravy sweat. <laughs> you knew I was going there. All right, uh, folks. Today's show brought to you by Buddy at Bowl and Branch Sheets. We love Bowl and Branch Sheets. We have them in our house. And the best part of Bowl and Branch, it's B-O-L-L, the best part of Bowl and Branch Sheets is they're like a fine wine. The more you sleep on them, the more comfortable they get. We absolutely love ours. The only downside is they're so comfortable you'll never sleep on another pair of sheets again. Hello, how are you? You can try Bowl and Branch Sheets for 30 nights risk-free. They have free shipping and returns because they know you're not going to return them. You're going to love them. It's only the it's the only betting love by three. Three U.S. presidents. We love Paul and I. Bowl and brand sheets, do we not? <laughs> They're the softest and most comfortable sheets in the world, and the only betting love by three U.S. presidents. For a limited time, you get their luxury flannel bedding to keep you cool. So you cool sleepers warm, and because they breathe, they keep you warm sleepers cool. What a deal. Shipping is always free. Try them out for 30 nights risk-free right now. Get $50, $50 off your first set at bowlandbranch.com with promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. $50 off at bowl, B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code Bongino, spell B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code Bongino. Restrictions may apply. See bowlandbranch.com for details. All right, producer Joe, ding, ding, ding. let's go. Manual bell. bell, ding, ding, ding. I want you to listen now, if you would... Uh, if you would oblige me to probably one of the most important sound bites you will hear in a long time. This is video from the Tucker Carlson show. Now, to set this up briefly, I have been making the case on my show for a couple of weeks now that I think as a movement, we are making a huge mistake if you believe pumping up Bernie Sanders is going to benefit us in the long run. I believe this is a catastrophic mistake. There are two current operating theories right now about Sanders campaign. Let's call, uh, you know, operating theory number one. We need to pump up Bernie Sanders as MAGA activists and Trump supporters and Republicans, because if we pump up Bernie Sanders, he's the easiest candidate to beat. And that's the best thing for us. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that is a catastrophic mistake. Operating theory number one. My theory, and a theory of many others out there, Tucker included, is that we are causing ourselves a potential cataclysm in the United States by not understanding the danger of Bernie Sanders and his tragic ideology right now and today. Huge mistake. Level 99 out of 100 strategic political error to in any way defend this dangerous human being and his disturbing ideology. Don't believe me? I know many of you like Tucker. Here is a minute and 15 second clip of Tucker Carlson last night sounding the alarm on Bernie Sanders and pumping the same thing I've been telling you for weeks. This guy is a threat that has to be stopped right now, not tomorrow. Play that cut. All of a sudden, Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont is the front runner in the Democratic race. As of tonight, Sanders has by far the best chance in the whole Democratic Party of getting the nomination. So how should you feel about that? Well, if you're conservative, it's probably a little hard to take the whole thing seriously. For one thing, it seemed to come out of nowhere. Nobody expected it. Nobody on TV warned you it was going to happen. For another thing, Sanders isn't half as gut-level offensive as someone like, say, Elizabeth Warren. Unlike Warren, Sanders is obviously sincere about what he believes. He means it. He's got the right enemies, too. CNN appears to hate Bernie Sanders every bit as much as they hate Donald Trump. That's a plus. And like everyone else on the left, Sanders talks mostly about economics rather than Putin and non-binary bathrooms. And it's refreshing to hear someone focus on things that matter for once. Plus, it's not like Sanders is going to win the presidency. 
You keep hearing people on both sides saying there is no possibility, no chance in the world that Bernie Sanders will get elected president in November. And that sounds right, basically. The guy calls himself a socialist. Come on now. This is America. That's what we're telling ourselves. But are we absolutely sure that that's true? Well, ask yourself this. Who was the last candidate they told you on television could never, ever win? Oh, yeah, the current president. Thank you. Thank you, Tucker. Folks, please trust me on this. If you've trusted anything I've said to you, we've been ahead of the curve on, uh, curve, excuse me, on Spygate, on the Mueller hoax, on the impeachment hoax, the Ukraine hoax. I have not let you down. When we've made mistakes, we've corrected them. I'm telling you I'm not making a mistake with this analysis. Pumping up Bernie Sanders under the mistaken belief that he's going to be an easy candidate to beat while ushering in the devastating effects of socialism in the United States, I see you nodding your head, Joe, is a catastrophic political miscalculation that will have tremors you will feel for decades. Please, I am begging you, in the name of everything that's good and right, I am not kidding, stop this nonsense today, not tomorrow, not next week. There's no no Operation Chaos to help him. The only Operation Chaos will be chaos for the United States of America. This guy is a destructive force you don't understand. Now, let me make the case to you on what I believe are... Let me give you some talking points and some bullet points to take away so I can sum this up. Why? Telling you he's a danger, like Tucker said, but not explaining why is a mistake. Let's make it two... I'll distill it down to two takeaways. Number one... The danger of Bernie Sanders, why he has to be stopped now. Number one takeaway, famous last words in socialist countries. Infamous last words, even better. You know what those infamous last words are? That could never happen here. Well, it did. Now you're eating squirrels. It did happen there. Do you know how many people in Venezuela? How many people in Cuba? How many people in North Korea? How many people in the Soviet Union? How many people probably said, nobody's going to believe that crap. Nobody's going to believe in Venezuela and free stuff. Look what happens. The average Venezuelan's down 20 pounds is eating their pets right now to stay alive. You think this is a joke? Listen, I'm not, again, lecturing my, you guys and ladies are the best. I get a ton of supportive emails. I'm simply begging you as a friend, not as a lecturer, not as some highbrow elitist snob. I'm not. You know that's not me. I'm just here to, again, humbly and with the greatest of respect, ask you this, please. Don't buy into this nonsense. Infamous last words in every country devastated by the ravages of socialism have been, that won't happen here. That's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two, do not, under any circumstances, underestimate the power of free. Folks, you're very informed listeners on this show. I know because I watch your tweets, I read your feedback, I read your emails, so does Paula, so does Joe. Joe's at Joe Haas one on Twitter. Joe gets as many tweets, I think, as I do now. We read it. I get it. I hear what you're saying. But I think you mistakenly believe that there are a majority of, or, or, or a, a groundswell of Bernie supporters who understand free and that they're not going to buy it. I'm telling you, not you, but the Bernie supporters don't understand that free is not free. They don't get that. It, it reminds me of the, what was it, Milton Friedman, who said, you know, the, 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 the shame of government redistribution is you think your neighbors are paying for things, but your neighbor thinks the same thing. You get the joke? It's a joke. There's nothing free. They don't understand that. They really believe a money fairy exists. They don't understand the government doesn't create anything. The government is a net taker. It is a taker. It is the equivalent of flushing your money down the toilet bowl with the exception of our military courts and our law enforcement. It is never going to be spent efficiently. They don't understand that, these Bernie supporters. And I think you are underestimating the power, the resonance in people's brains of the word free and what that means to them. It doesn't mean to them what it means to you. What is that? The Princess Bride? I don't think you mean what you think that it means, what you think it means. They don't get it. Please, again, I'm going to end this segment on this note. I am, with the greatest of respect, humbly begging you to not engage in these, whatever you want to call them, chaos operations or whatever. It is a huge, catastrophic mistake. He is a threat to be taken seriously to you, your wealth, your prosperity, your kids' education, your health care system, your job, your home, and everything that matters to you. More on this on other shows. 
just a pro- programming note, if we can sound all official. Uh, our interview show, we locked down our first three interviews yesterday. We'll launch it hopefully this weekend, maybe Monday. We're working on it now. Uh, we, we had a great interview yesterday with Carter Page, David Harris, terrific activist. We had an interview with uh, uh, Congressman Doug Collins running for Senate, but who's been a lead figure on Spygate impeachment. Look for that, youtube.com slash Bongino this weekend. You're not going to want to miss the Carter Page stuff. It was really awesome. All right, moving on. Folks, proving again that there's just no depravity floor for the Democrats. Just when you think mistakenly that they've hit rock bottom um, and they're not going to go any lower, they blast through the, the, the first floor depravity floor. They get into the basement and the subterranean levels of the home. Reminds me of the crawl space we had in my, own, my old house in Glendale, where God forbid you got caught in that, you'd probably eaten, be eaten alive by rodents. That's, what, remember, that's where the Democrats are now. That's how I used to sneak in my house when I was coming in late at night. Sorry, Mom. I don't know if you, that was, but that's what we actually used that yeah, yeah, we got right in there when I came in late at night and I'd sneak upstairs. But that's where we are now. What do I mean? The coronavirus operation by the Democrats. And when I say operation, I don't mean the operation to stop the coronavirus. I mean the political operation to damage Republicans and Donald Trump is one of the sickest, most tragic, disturbing things I've seen in politics in eons. And I'm sorry, I'm looking at Kurt Schlichter here, who if you're not following on Twitter, you're making a huge mistake. He he is, he's a neutron bomb on Twitter. But they are, what they've, Kurt, wouldn't you agree the Democrats on the coronavirus have been the most disgusting thing ever? Has this not a new low. I mean, seriously. Oh, they are, they are the worst. I mean, Dan, they are the worst. When you think they've hit the floor in how low and grotesque they can get, this corona stuff, I just said it's like the crawl space of the basement for Democrats. It, it is pathetic. Like Donald Trump forced the Chinese to eat pangolins and bat soup. It's really gross, isn't it? By the way, you are the first guest we've had on the show in like forever. So thank you for your comment. And where can they follow you on Twitter? Because people love you. At, at Kurt Schlichter. Look for the hashtag caring. And you got to come caring. on my show on Guess Who's. I promise you, because you know I love you. You're the man. There you got it from Kurt, who's a fireball on Twitter like me. I'm not kidding. This with, with Corona is absolutely gross. It is seriously the crawl space of politics. Now, when the Associated Press, Paula, the Associated Press, when AP, Don, AP, of all, the left-leaning, Joe, AP, when AP is fact-checking you, a left-leaning outlet... The Associated Press of far-left liberalism is fact-checking the Democrats on corona and absolutely wrecking them in their pieces. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got a significant problem. <laughs> now, think- well, I, I cannot believe, I, I, I really, with a, I, I, with a straight face that I'm doing this. First, we put Fusion Ken's piece up yesterday in NBC News. But using an AP piece, which will be in the show notes, is insane. But the AP is calling out the Democrats on two talking points that are false, they are horrible, and you need to have the ammunition to go out and dismantle your liberal friends and their coronavirus hype nonsense because this stuff is not true and it's not helping. Let's go to the AP article. AP fact check, headline, Democrats distort coronavirus readiness. When I saw this on Brit Hume's Twitter yesterday, I almost dropped and passed out and had a heart attack. I'm not even kidding because I'm so stunned that the AP would do this to their friends, the Democrats. Now, what's the first myth, rumor, debunking liberal lies, nonsense talking point they put out there? Well, it's a damaging one. The damaging one is this. If you're Joe Biden and other presidential candidates, say it. They've said Trump cut CDC funding. Look how awful this is. So let's go to AP. Again, left-leaning AP and what they had to say about that. Did President Trump really cut Centers for Disease Control funding? Oh, my gosh. In the middle of a viral outbreak? That's really horrible. You clearly got to vote him out of office, right? Quote, AP. They said Joe Biden compared the Obama-Biden administration with now. Biden said, we increased the budget of the CDC and the NIH, National Institutes of Health budget for you liberals out there. Trump wiped that all out. He cut the funding for the entire effort. Joe, that's devastating. In a viral outbreak, that's Trump. He's really terrible. He is. That's awful. This guy's he's the worst. We better call him out. out Well, what's the problem? Well, the problem is none of that happened. It's colossal BS because that's what the Democrats do. Even AP. Here's the AP story. Quote, the facts. They're both wrong to say the agencies have seen their money cut. 
Bloomberg is repeating this false allegation in a new ad that states the U.S. is unprepared because of reckless cuts to the CDC. Here's the reality, folks. Again, if you're not hearing this on this show, you're probably not hearing it anywhere. Uh, Probably Fox, who actually deals with facts, too. But Trump's budgets have proposed cuts to public health only to be overruled by Congress, where there's strong bipartisan support for agencies such as the CDC and NIH. Instead, financing has increased. That can't possibly be right. Paul, am I reading that correctly? Did that say increased? It did. I'm getting a confirmation. Joe, is it a double confirmation? CDC funding has increased in the Trump administration. That's a confirmation, Dan. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and the go. weirdest voice you can possibly muster up. So talking point number one, that the Trump administration has effectively cut CDC and NIH funding is bull. You fill in the rest. It rhymes with hit. Thank you from the audience. I'm not sure if that made it over, but if it did, you know what was said. But I think they're directional, Mike, so I think we're okay. But there you go. It is a nonsense talking point. It is made up. Now, this AP article will be in the show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. If you want to get the show notes, I will email these articles to you. But you may want to keep that screenshot up on your phone for when you're liberal friends tell you how awful Trump is for cutting CDC uh, funds, which never happened. But there's another takeaway. I mentioned this last night with that fisticuffs I had with Geraldo on Hannity last night, which Joe thought was hysterical. I can see him laughing already. So AP part two. Here's another fact check on him. So quote, the CDC's response has been excellent, as it always has been in the past, said John Auerbach, the president of a nonpartisan group, which monitors government at all levels uh, to improve the nation's response to health crises. Some Democrats have charged that Trump decimated the nation's public health leadership. But Auerbach, keep in mind, this guy's a nonpartisan being questioned by a left-leaning out, the AP. This guy Auerbach said, CDC's top scientific ranks have remained stable during the past three years. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, BS, nonsense, garbage, crawl space dwelling Democrats talking point number two that all oh, the CDC leadership, they've decimated, they've decapitated the heads of CDC leadership. Nobody's around. Trump did it. He cut their funding. That is nonsense, too. The same leadership has been there roughly for the past three years. That is not true. Folks, what's happening now is really gross. Um, I, I, and this is why I constantly tell you the new rules are in effect. You know, you're never supposed to tell the audience what show is not for them if it's yours. But I mean this way. This show may not be for you um, if you're looking to play nice with the left because I'm done with that. Um, That's over. The Democrats will politicize anything no matter how depraved, gross, and disgusting it is. Um, And I'm done playing nice. The new rules are in effect and the new rules are we are going to fight back viciously and with a passion. And when the Democrats want to set the old rules in place where we can all be nicey-nice and roast marshmallows, I'm totally down to sing Kumbaya with them. Until then, my gloves are off, my knuckles are sharp and we're going kumite style this is not going to be robert's rules of order go find a new show now in case you think dan you're exaggerating the threat journalism isn't that bad the left really wants to solve this crisis here's another gem from the new york slimes one of the sleaziest newspapers out there right This is an actual headline from the New York Times, which I will not put in the show notes because I will not give this rag one extra click on their dopey blog website. New York Times opinion section. This is an actual headline. This is not a joke by Gail Collins, who should resign tomorrow and do America the favor. She says regarding Corona, she says, let's call it the Trump virus. No, let's call Gail Collins a moron because that's what Gail Collins is. You should leave tomorrow. This is a disgusting piece. This is one of the gross things I've ever seen, and it's an effort to do what? It is an effort to do branding and gaslighting to make this President Trump's Hurricane Katrina. This is an effort because they can't beat Trump on the issues to sabotage our economy. It is an effort to sabotage. Ladies and gentlemen, this coronavirus is very serious. No one should downplay it. Is the coronavirus serious enough to sell off 4,000 points in our economy? I'm on, I'm, I say all the time, I buy the dips because I trust in the American workforce. I think it's a huge mistake. I think our economy is in excellent shape right now. I think if we can get a hold of our budget, we have a fine future. We will find a way to combat this. Vaccines are in the work. We should, in the works, we should give calm, sound advice. President, wash your hands. You know, stay out of densely populated public places if there's an outbreak there. Other than that, we should be okay. Act like Paula. Carry alcohol with you everywhere. I actually you want to see this. If you're watching on the YouTube, this is a, here, for those of you who carry the alcohol gel, I carry actual alcohol. That is not gel. There you go, folks. That like is actual alcohol. Look at that. 
you know? You can smell that. You can probably, yeah, this is actual alcohol I carry with me. Yeah, my hands are so dry because of it. They're cracked. I'll probably stand a better chance of getting an infection from it. But there you go, New York Times. One more. I wanted to show you Elizabeth Warren, another failing... A broken candidate for president who is still trying to crack a, uh, the, the, the formula to win a primary summer. Elizabeth Warren, in one of the more disgusting tweets yesterday, the New York Times tweeted this, uh, Jim. Coronavirus poses a serious health, diplomatic, and economic threat. We must be prefer- prepared to confront it head on. So I'm introducing a bill to transfer all funding for Donald Trump's racist border wall to HHS and USAID to combat corona. That's a great idea. Uh, open borders. That's uh, Joe, in the midst of a potentially deadly viral outbreak, I don't know about you, but my first solution is always to open the borders. Yeah. So we have no idea who's coming would, in. They, Sounds they, sound, right? Everybody's sick will run away. Everybody's you know? yeah, going the go. other. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren clearly thought that tweet through because that's yeah. what Elizabeth yeah. Warren does. Yeah. Uh, possibly the dumbest tweet I've ever seen. Now, just to wrap Wrap this up. We we're going to try, by the way. Now it's CPAC, so this show has been a little different. Obviously, we had our first impromptu guest, the Kurt Slichter, during a break from his own show. <laughs> we are trying to get Gordon Chang on at the end of the show. Gordon is a China analyst who nobody knows more about. He's a frequent Fox guest. He had some comments last night. My wife, who's very concerned about coronavirus. <laughs> She listened to uh, Gordon last night. She said, Dan, if we can get this guy on the actual show, even for a few questions. He had comments last night on Fox. I really like to get out to my audience. We're doing our best. It'll be very impromptu. We'll sit him down. We got a mic right there. I have a few questions for him. We're trying to get that later. But just to wrap up this block, folks, we've seen just in the last two weeks, we've seen CNN focused on the racial and uh, and gender makeup of Trump's panel to combat this virus rather than the scientists on it. Remember they were complaining about too many white men on Trump's panel? We've seen that. We've now seen calls for open borders. We've seen disingenuous lies about CDC funding and CDC management. We've seen lies about Trump's travel ban, which they called racist, and now people are praising because it potentially kept sick people out of the country. Be prepared, folks. I, you know, and again, I'm not trying to panic anyone or put, you know, instill fear in anyone's heart. I'm just suggesting to you that you really need need to be prepared in the coming weeks for a fight ahead that is going to be devastating, really devastating. This is going to get ugly fast. Keep your knuckles sharp and be ready. The new rules are most definitely in effect. All right, now let me prepare you for this segment. I wanted to do this first because. I saw this yesterday, this story in the Washington Examiner. The story, the core of it was this. Christopher Steele, author of the ridiculous hoax dossier, is stunningly coming out again and still defending through his surrogates a dossier document used to spy on Donald Trump. We now know was factually total BS. It was garbage. Um, It was a hoax document and suckers fell for it. So I teased this yesterday, but the story came out, and I, what do I say on this show all the time? I say, ladies and gentlemen, you must, you must, if you're interested in Spygate, memorize. Memorize the names. Don't write them down. Memorize them. Because when certain names creep up again, you will instantly know how to follow the money, how to follow the connections. A name creeped up yesterday, which I promise you is going to bake your bagels. He's going to get a chapter of my new book now, too. So this falls under the headline, in the anti-Trump scandals that are all hoaxes, these people all know each other and they're all hiding something. And it's the reason they magically keep reappearing. So let's start with the article first yesterday and the name that popped up and how you really need to pay attention to this guy because he's managed to, here's the radar picture, here's this guy. He has stayed off the radar for a long time. Hat tip 279er, by the way, and it's a big mistake. He's a bigger player in this than you all think. All right, let's get to the Washington Examiner piece first. In the show notes today at Bongino.com, please read it. It's a piece by the great Jerry Dunleavy, who we love. Go to Bongino.com. Hey, Cam, good to see you, buddy. How's everything? Check this out. Sorry, live show again for us, folks. Trump-Russia dossier was valid. Christopher Steele defends controversial 2016 report. Keep in mind, this story was from two days ago. Steele is shockingly still defending this hot garbage. Now, you may say, is Steele the name you were talking about? No, of course not. Steele's name resurfaces all the time. Let's go to takeaway number one from the piece, just so I can set this up for you. So, he says, 
uh, Arthur Snell, managing director for Steele's company. So this guy is one of Steele's uh, uh, cohorts here. He manages Steele's company, Orbis Business Intelligence. Penned a letter to an e- the editor titled, Trump-Russia dossier was valid. Now that's hilarious. And we have to say no more. But he's still defending the garbage dossier. It was published in the UK Sunday Times. It was in response to another article last month about a newly released analysis by a British author who goes by the pen, J- pen name Nigel West, who concluded, listen to this, that uh, is a strong possibility all of Steele's materials been fabricated. Where's my gavel? Ding, ding, ding. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I believed strongly this stuff was a hoax from the start. So Steele comes back through his surrogates himself saying, it wasn't fabricated, this dossier is real. He goes on, Steele and his company, Orbis Intelligence, firmly reject this, Snell said. We stand by the integrity and the quality of our work, which is hilarious because nobody else actually does that. It's just Steele who cashed his check. Now, Steel's not the name. I'm not unnecessarily teasing this. I've got to set this up so you understand the gravity of who this person is and how he keeps weaving and snaking his way into the scandal. Takeaway number two from the Washington Examiner piece. You ladies and gentlemen, remember the name Anthony Ferrante. Now, some of you regular listeners, the Judy Skinners of the world are probably like, even Joe's a little confused by this one. You probably remember that name, but you got to be a Bongino show diehard to pull this one. I mentioned this guy a long time ago. Shockingly, here he is again in the Washington Examiner piece just two days ago. Anthony Ferrante, who worked as a cybersecurity advisor on the National Security Council, you mean where all the anti-Trump leaks are coming from? That's not even possible. So he worked as a cybersecurity advisor on the National Security Council, and he left the White House in April of 2017, joining a company called FTI Consulting. Oh, stay tuned. It gets better. Anthony Ferrante was hired by BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed? You mean the company that leaked the dossier? Crazy how that happens. Those guys. You know, he's hired by BuzzFeed and the firm was paid $4.1 million to try and corroborate the claims about Trump's ties to Russia in Steele's research. Wow. This is really bizarre. How does this keep happening? So we've got this guy just set this up. Steele comes out now. Steele's under attack because his hoax document has been exposed. You look confused, Joe. As the audience on Budsman, I'm a little concerned. So Steele <laughs> fires back and says, hey, two days ago, my hoax dossier was real. And he gets his surrogates to go out and try to back him up, except the fact they can't prove anything in the dossier actually happened. And one of these surrogates who magically reappears to defend the dossier we know is a hoax is a former FBI agent by the name of Anthony Ferrante who magically reappears. So let's go through Anthony Ferrante and let's keep in mind the question. What's the question? You can avoid an assertion, ladies and gentlemen, the best political advice I ever got. You can never avoid a question. So let me ask you the question. Why is Anthony Ferrante, former FBI agent, desperate, so desperate to defend the dossier? Well, that's what I'm here for, to answer that question for you. That's going to require a little background. There was a presidential policy directive in the Obama administration that was issued one time. It was called PPD for Presidential Policy Directive. It was uh, PPD 41. And it was conveniently issued in July, if you want to put that up on the screen, July of 2016. Here it is right here. Again, hat tip 279 or here. Presidential Policy Directive 41, United States Cyber Incident Coordination. What is the role of Department of Defense? Now, if we read what PPD 41 under the Obama administration was, it had to deal with a cyber intrusion because they were so worried, Joe, it says it right here, about the recent breach of the Democratic National Committee email system, allegedly by the Russians. Now, notice the date on this initiative, Obama's Presidential Policy Directive 41. July 26, 2016. Oh, this is going to get good, folks. So on July 26th, at the height of the anti-Trump spygate conspiracy, just four days later, five days later, they're going to open up a case, the FBI to spy on Trump. The Obama administration needs a front, to put this simple for you. All right. They need a front to get the media to pick up a story about these Russians and how they're going to be colluding with the Trump, with the Trump uh, incoming potential Trump administration and Trump campaign. So Obama puts out this presidential director 
directive. Hey, we're so concerned, air quotes here, about the Russians and their hack of the DNC, which they still can't prove to this day. I'm going to put out this policy directive 41. What am I getting at here? I believe PPD 41 is basically a glorified press release for the Obama administration to tee up for the media that they're going to accuse in just days the Trump administration of colluding with the Russians. Please, referee Joe Paula. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Paula is shit. Don, you got me? All right, that's three. Don's giving me a thumbs up. This is nothing more than a press release by Obama to tee up the media that the Russian collusion hoax is coming. Now, pay attention to the dates. July 26th, 2016. Well, what else happens on July 26th, 2016? What a gem this is. Self-praise stinks, but not in this case. Remember the Steele dossier, which they're now defending? Ferrante? You'd be like, where'd Ferrante go? Oh, we're still about Ferrante. Yeah. So Ferrante appears in the news defending the dossier still, even though we know it's a hoax. Here is a memo from the dossier, which is a compilation of dated memos. And what does it talk about? The Russians attempting to cyber infiltrate the United States. <laughs> Joe, sounds like the press release from the Obama administration that's, a, that's teeing up the press, telling them we're about to accuse the Trump, Trump campaign of colluding with the Russians. Now, yeah. what, ladies and gentlemen in the US, what are the chances? One in a million, Don? Are the chances one in a, they're one in a billion that the date of this dossier is in fact July 26, 2016. One in a... There's no way that's possible. Holy... (laughs) Can I say that on the air? No, I can't. No. Look at this. Now... You're looking at the body, you're probably saying that's 25th. That's a typo. This is that that's a typo in the report. This report is dated July 26, 2016. We know it's a typo, because on page one it clearly says 2016. This and the information is about 2016. July 26, 2016, Christopher Steele and Obama are both putting out their notifications to the FBI, who already has this. Don't believe the hype. They're saying they didn't get it till September. That's a lie. They're already, here's it, Joe. Golf, Tina, okay, hold up. Here it is, folks. Tee them up. Tina, here we go. They're sitting, putt, there we go. Sink that baby. Obama's teeing you up with this PPD 41. And still, they're laughing. Don's laughing too. They, they, uh, what's that? Oh, okay, sorry. We missed you. You might have missed my head on the video there as I teed up there, but it's worth you looking at on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, what the hell are the chances of Christopher Steele producing a dossier on July 26th saying the Russians are trying to break into the United States in a cyber intrusion, and all of a sudden Obama, same freaking day, releases PPD-41 saying, hey, this Russia threat to our cyber thing is real, ladies and gentlemen. We got to get on this now. They're hacking into the DNC. The chances are a big fat donut. This is a coincidence. Zero. Zilcho nada. Folks, you need to share this everywhere. You may say, what happened? You haven't summed it up yet. Oh, we're getting there. So now we know. Backtrack a little. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them and then tell them what you told them, right? We know this former FBI agent just reappeared, Ferrante, in the Washington Examiner defending the dossier we know is a hoax. Yeah. We know that this presidential policy directive comes out on July 26th, indicating that the Russians are coming. Obama's warning to the media. We know Christopher Steele is dealing with the media and the FBI on the same day magically says the same thing. Keep those dates in mind. Let's get back to our friend Anthony Ferrante. This is, again, our, sh- our, our, our moment from infomercials. Wait, there's more. Two for one, three for one in this case. Here is the resume of our buddy, former FBI agent, Anthony Ferrante, who now works for FTI Consulting, conveniently hired by BuzzFeed, millions of dollars a company, to go defend the dossier we know is a hoax and appeared on the same day Obama put out his press release about this Russian cyber attack. It can't be that Ferrante has something to do with PPD-41, right? Come on, folks. What are the chances of that? You talk about zero. This is like we're into quintillions now. Zero. There's no possible way. So let's read his own resume from FDI Consulting. I know you're listening, Anthony. Somebody will send this to you, but we're on to this. Don't you worry. So someone's going to send this to him. Prior to joining FDI Consulting, Mr. Ferrante served as Director for Cyber Incident Response at the National Security Council. Wow. That's nuts. At the Obama White House. That's crazy. Where he coordinated U.S. response to all this other stuff. Oh, I can't. I'm not done. That's the easy part. 
Building on his extensive cybersecurity and incident response experience, Ferrante led the development and implementation of No Way, Presidential Policy Directive 41. Holy <laughs> crikey, what are the chances of that? That's not even possible. So Ferrante, whose company apparently is getting paid millions, according to reports, yeah. to go out and defend the dossier to this day, we still know is garbage, clearly was involved in PPD 41, the Obama press release, basically teeing up the media for the dossier collusion hoax, which launched on the same day as Presidential Policy Directive 41 that Ferrante was in charge of implementing. What the hell are the chances of that? This is crazy talk. How did these gonna, what, listen, this next book I'm putting out, it's not even available for pre-order on Amazon yet, but I'm, I'm begging you. I always say, right, Joe, how many times have I told you, no more books? This one, seriously, well over 100? Paula, what do you think, maybe 1,000? Yeah, I, I, I had to write, this one is going to totally nuke your bagels. Because I'm writing it this way. I'm exposing these people chapter by chapter. It's not going to be a narrative, this book. It's going to be a series of discrete chapters about all of these players. Here's more on Ferrante. More on Ferrante, who again magically just appeared again. PPD 41, the dossier about Russia appears on the same day. Here's a foreign policy a magazine, in case you think I'm making this up. Here's a headline. Former senior FBI official is leading BuzzFeed's effort to verify Trump dossier. Of course, talking about our good friend, Anthony Ferrante. Now, you may say, Dan, you summed that up nicely. Oh, I'm not done yet. No, I'm, we're running limited commercials today for a reason. Because I believe this particular case here of this gentleman is so important. I want to run through it uninterrupted. And you're very patient with me with ads on the show, and I deeply appreciate that. Now we're going to return the favor today. Folks, what else was Mr. Anthony Ferrante accused of? Like, so he was clearly aware of this presidential directive that came out the same day as Steele's dossier about this Russia stuff. What else was Ferrante accused of? Well, let's go back to an older Washington Examiner piece. Yes, Joe, this gets good here by our good friend Dan Chaitlin, who does great work. This will be in the show notes, this article as well. And ladies and gentlemen, although the article is from 2019, it is absolutely worth your time. Headline, Watchdog Files FOIA Lawsuit Against FBI Over Jim Comey's Spies in the White House. Wait, wait. I, I, spot. So Jim Comey had spies in the White House. What are the chances that this article, you got Gordon over there too. So yeah. What are the chances that this article could possibly be about Anthony Ferrante? Well, let's read the article and see daddy-o. So from the Washington Examiner piece, the report said longtime FBI official Anthony Ferrante worked as a cybersecurity advisor on the National Security Council and was sharing information about Trump and his aides back to FBI headquarters. Oh, my gosh. How unethical would that be? Oh, God. Ferrante, who after leaving the government, joined business advising firm FDI Consultant, was hired by BuzzFeed to verify the dossier, but now may be tied to an investigation into alleged surveillance abuses by the Department of Justice and FBI being conducted by IG Horowitz. Folks, I got like goosebumps here because do you understand that we're like every week we're dismantling the biggest scandal of the century and how all of these people know each other and they all have something to hide? So Ferrante's been accused by media outlets and others with FOIA requests of being a spy in the Trump White House for Jim Comey's FBI. He's involved in the implementation of, a pre implementation of a presidential policy directive, which seems like it was based on a dossier, not legitimate intelligence, that came out the exact same day. By the way, Ferrante, who it's alleged in this piece again, was, was uh, signed back into the White House after he left the National Security Council by his replacement, Jordan Ray Kelly, as well. And none of this concerns the media. Of course it doesn't. 
because once you tell the true story about how these people clearly colluded in a conspiracy to take down Donald Trump, it's only the biggest political scandal of our time, folks. This is the most devastating political scandal you will ever hear about. Ever. Please, again, with the humility and respect, I ask you share this show or share this segment. You have to understand and remember these names. They will keep creeping up. And this guy has managed to fly under the radar for way too long. Not with this show. All right. You think we can get uh, Gordon on? Yeah, Is he around? Oh, okay. All right. I'll cover this other same. All right. We have uh, oh, Gordon Chang. Would you try to bring him on in a minute? He has some really great points about China. And I think it's worth their time. Before we get to that, though. We have that Elizabeth Warren video. This is a classic. Uh, folks, again, this is my, uh, this is the hero we all needed this week. It's been a really bad week. The stock market, the, the coronavirus. There's a lot going on. We've had to listen to Bernie Sanders uh, more than once in a debate in the past two weeks. I had to take Zofran to prevent myself from throwing up. <laughs> Some medical professionals are clearly, clearly out there who got the joke. Um, but I'm tiring quickly of Bernie. But we all needed a hero this week, and I found him. Um, it's a Navy vet, rather heroic in and of itself, right? Thank him for his yeah. service, but we're not actually thanking him for his service in this particular segment, although his service is valuable and we love him, we always thank him. We're thanking him for this particular soundbite, where he gets up and talks to another uh, freebie, Elizabeth Warren, everything's free, and just absolutely nails the fact that why the hell should I be paying off my rich neighbor's kid's college bill? Whoever this guy is, um, sir, thank you for your service, and thank you for this. You are the hero we all need. You're like the He-Man to Skeletor today. Check this out. You're going to love this. I would like you to uh, justify the fairness of your proposed policy to cancel student loan debt. Um, nobody forced these students to take out the loans, so should it not be their responsibility to pay them back? Why am I, a taxpayer who joined the military to pay for my college education, uh, start paying for other people's college education? And to that extent, should you cancel my mortgage debt? <laughs> Now, Drew, who is our video, uh, our, our, he works with us. Nobody works for us in the Bongino show. We, uh, I hate that stuff. But Drew, who came on with us a couple months ago, has been slaying it on the YouTube. Drew loves when I do this. His name is Chris Middleton. I just saw it. I think, love. We love you. How do we? We love Christmas. Thank you, Chris, for calling out Elizabeth Warren for this nonsense freebie talking point we opened up the show. Nothing is free. I'm sorry. What? Listen. I'm not paying for my rich neighbor's kids. I love you. My rich neighbor's a cool guy. Dan, love you. You're great. I'm sorry. I'm not paying for his kid's college. Pay for your own. I'm not paying off your The immorality of this is staggering, and I don't know why we dance around this. We as conservatives need to come out and go, this is just the dumbest damn idea I have ever heard in my life. Listen, we want a military grade, a court system, okay. We want a basic safety net. Kids who've been, tragically, their parents have left and they're too young to take care of themselves. Older folks who outlive their savings, we take care of them. It's, you know, the emergency room, you can't be turned away. Excellent. I am a Catholic. I believe in my faith. It matters to me. I believe that 100%. Having said that, if you have two legs, functioning arms, get your ass out of this seat and go to freaking work. I'm sorry. Go to work. Go to here, ass, out of the seat, go to work. I am not paying for your kids or your job or anything. Go to work. I can't say this enough. I know some of you like it, some of you don't. Please go to work. What is your excuse? Let me tell you a quick story here. And you now see my lovely wife, Paula, on camera. So her mom has never taken a day of government benefits in her life. Came here, spoke no English, none. Her mom is like four foot 11, 100 pounds of nothing when she's soaking wet. What the hell is your excuse? Go to work. I am not paying your kid's college fund. Period. Full stop. Remove your ass from the seat of your couch and go get a job. Yes, get a damn job. It is immoral to take from others their hard work and the fruits of their labor when you can do it yourself. I'm not talking about people with disabilities, some older folks, again, have outlived their savings by no fault of their own. I am not talking about that. There are charities and things we can do there. But fully functioning adults who are fully capable, I am sorry, 
get your butt up and go get a damn job. And you are not teaching anyone, no less your kids, any lessons if you tell them that their education should be paid for by middle class people busting their humps with black lung in a damn coal mine because you don't want to go get a job. Get a job. End of story. And the immorality of this is an argument we should be making all the time. This is immoral. It is immoral. We make the mistake sometimes as conservatives, and it's a big one. As I said to Drew this morning on his show, we walk into a methadone clinic and we want to argue the Laffer curve. Listen, the Laffer curve matters. But ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we just have to make a pure morality play. It is immoral to steal from the fruits of someone's labor if you are perfectly capable of laboring yourself to pay for things you can do yourself. It is immoral. What Sanders is saying is immoral. What Warren is saying is immoral. And we should not be shy. You know what compassion is? Teaching a man to fish. That is compassion. You will change their life. And you would have changed the life of my mother-in-law as well if you would have, if you would have babied her. We got, thank you. I appreciate it. I never had a live audience before, so we appreciate it. Can we do Gordon now? Do you have a moment? All right. Okay, so folks, thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, we've never had a live audience. <laughs> never had that before. So you like that? Yeah, it was for you, Kurt, of course. So, would you thank you? Yeah, she does. Paula does. You don't hear her. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, we're trying to get Gordon Chang over again. It's a live show. I think he's like being swamped. But just a little background. Uh, he, you've seen him on Fox News quite a bit. He is one of the foremost experts on what's going on in China. I listened to him last night. I was on Hannity. He was on before me. Um, and my wife is very concerned about what's going on with the coronavirus in China. She listened to Gordon last night because we, you can watch the live hits right there. We're, we're at CPAC and Fox has a camera. And my wife, she said, Dan, you know, we really got to put this guy on the show. What he had to say was really important. Are you going to be able to get him? All right. Can we get him or is he still like caught up and stuff? Okay. I'll just kind of give you a primer. I don't want to kill time for you, but on what he, what he said, well, here he comes. But he's making a point that, ladies and gentlemen, there are serious things to worry about, about the information coming out of China. All right, Gordon, how are you? I'm fine. You are our uh, first show guest. Actually, Kurt jumped at me on the But we really, I think what you have to say is so important. I've never interrupted one of our live shows for this. First, thank you for coming on. Oh, it. it's an honor for us. Oh, uh, well, so last nice. night, you be, you're one of the foremost experts um, on China. You've written many books about it. Your latest book is, by the way, what's the... Uh, it's Losing South Korea. It's a, it's a pamphlet, um, which is published by Encounter. They do these little broadsides. Right. Um, and essentially, what I want to do was alert the American people about what's going on in South Korea because their president is leftist, he's pro-North Korea, pro-China, yeah. and he's making decisions which are um, atrocious. So, for instance, sorry to go on about this, yeah, but okay. what he did was he uh, let he, he was intimidated by China. He kept the border open, the traffic between China and South Korea, and because of that, the coronavirus now has uh, brought South Korea down. Now, I heard you last night on Fox. You were up right before me. And some of your points were just incredible. Matter of fact, my wife said we got to get Gordon on. The danger. I mean, give us your evaluation of the danger of this virus. And can we trust the Chinese right now and the information coming out of China, given the gravity of this threat? Yeah, we can't trust that information. What Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, has done is imposed extraordinary controls on information. He's been releasing statistics which show that new infections are declining. And that may be the case. But also remember that his policies are to force workers back to their job sites to jumpstart the economy. So their statistics are supporting the Communist Party um, programs. And whenever that occurs, when you have that uh, coincide, you can't trust the numbers. But we do know that two things. One is that they're trying to prevent the foreign virologists from completely studying the outbreak and the reasons why. And also the party is taking actions that are inconsistent with this notion of a subsiding epidemic. Interesting. You brought up a point yesterday, too, when I was talking to you off the air. 
that what's disturbing here is some of the data we're getting keeps changing. For instance, I read the same story you did. We had believed the longest incubation period was 14 days. Now there's some stuff coming out about potentially up to 27 days. That's frightening, is it not? It, it certainly is, because what it shows is that the bug is mutating, and it's mutating in ways that are making our containment measures ineffective. So, for instance, if you've got, obviously, a quarantine period of 14 days, but there's an incubation period that's almost double that, it means that a person can be released into the general population and still infect others. And we know this is a highly transmissible disease. On average, some people are saying that on average, one person who's got the disease, got the coronavirus, can infect somewhere between five to six others. Now, some people say that it's less than that, but the point is, this is highly transmissible. Yeah, that's the r naught, which everybody should look up. And, um, you know, it's interesting. There's a movie out, and not that, but there's a movie, I think it was called Contagion a while ago. But, yes. I mean, obviously it's, in there, it's fiction, but in the movie, um, the, the, Kate Winslet, who plays the virologist there, talks about r naught and how that's a very high r naught Like the r naught for the flu, I believe, is like a two or a three. Oh, so it's yeah, potentially even, pretty dang, very infectious. Yeah, well, we think two or three is highly infectious. Yeah. But, we're, you know, there's a possibility that this is five or six. Yeah. This is, you know, a, a, a virus that is changing, that we don't know about it. And that's really what's causing concern. Yeah. You know, we also saw scenes in contagion. That has been happening not only in China, but also in South Korea and Iran and in Italy. And it's only because President Trump quickly imposed the travel restrictions and the quarantines that that's the only reason yeah. why we do not have the emergency today. And remember, our president took a lot of heat, oh not only gosh. from the he Chinese. A racist, yeah. And also here. Um, but yeah. that was what saved us. I'll exit question. I'll let you go. You're in high demand again. We're talking to Gordon Chang, one of the foremost experts on China. Uh, just a terrific guest. Um, Gordon, how do you think this ends for China? I mean, this is not going well. Well, we know that the Chinese economy is contracting. It's going to take a long time for China to recover. And part of the reason why, Dan, you know, people haven't talked about this, is because China's trade partners are now undergoing the same contagion. So it's going to take a long time for the economy to recover. We see the problems on Wall Street. Um, and that's an indication that this is going to be not only a disease, but it's also going to affect the financial markets and economies. And we're going to start to see supply chain disruptions. In other words, our shelves are going to get a little bit bare maybe in a month or two. Yeah. Gordon, thank you so much for your time. It's an honor to talk to you. It's Andy, an honor to be here, Dan. So thank you so much. We'll get a ton of good feedback on it. Thanks again. I'll see you on Fox sometime. Take care, buddy. Thanks again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the great Gordon Chang. I told you, um, I wasn't kidding, right? Uh, I listened to Gordon last night, and really, it's, uh, this is the time you want expertise because there's a couple things. Well, obviously, we want to be very serious and vigilant like the Trump administration has been, but you don't want to panic people unnecessarily, and I think that's the mistake media outlets have made. They're jumping on this bandwagon not because they want to assist in the situation, but because they purely want to make it worse for political gain. I think I've made this case throughout the show. Folks, it's been a loaded show today. That was a lot of information. I'd really appreciate it if you'd share it. Oh, one final note. I wanted to bring some. Listen, Redditors out there, I'm getting your emails. I'm with you. Folks, there's a big uh, effort on behalf of Reddit to shut down the Donald, which is one of the most pro-Donald Trump administration Reddit feeds. I am with you. Folks, this is a disgrace what's happening. Please look it up. Go to Twitter and these other social medias. Put in Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T, the Donald. They are trying to shut down Trump supporters on Reddit. It's a disgrace. Redditors have always been good to me sharing my show. I am with you. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to put some pressure on them. Email, uh, email these Reddit folks. If you know someone in the company, this is ridiculous what's going on. They're being pressured to shut down Trump support on Reddit. It's a disgrace. I'm getting your emails. It's just been a really busy couple days. Forgive me for not getting that sooner. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to our YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino. We're almost at 400,000 subscribers. And subscribe to our audio podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for all the love at CPAC. You all are terrific. I really appreciate it. And we will see you all on the interview show this weekend and back on Monday. Take care. See you later. All right. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.